Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On this episode, Pastor Chuck will finish up his message, which has been titled, The Love Movement Continued. This message is a part of the broader Love Movement series, and in it, Pastor Chuck is communicating to us different ways which love is important in the life of a believer. The text for this message can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. So if you have your Bibles, please turn them there right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. And lastly, we're going to look at why. Why to love? We're going to hit this quick. Here's a few things that I want to give us out of why to love. This is important. Stick with me. I know this is a lot, but I got to give you this. Why to love? Letter A, because it is his image. We're going to look at this through 1 John chapter 4. Why love? Why do we need to know this? Why is this important? Why love at all? Because one, it is his image. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not know God, excuse me, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Love is his image. It is who he is. We were created in the image of God, what's known as the theological term, the imago Dei. What does that mean? It means that we were created in the image of love and the image of peace and the image of joy and the image of temperance and the image of meekness and self-control and gentleness and his power and his truth. We were created in his image and in his likeness. And so because of that, if God is love, then what we should be displaying why we love, we love because he is love and he saved us and redeemed us and brought us into him and made us Christ like therefore we love because it is his image and that's the display that we put onto the world and that's how the world would know his with disciples by how we put in practice within our faith community loving one another it is his image it's who he is and who he's made us out to be because we were created in his image letter B it's because it is his intent it's his purpose it's his will. First John four, let's continue on to first John four. Pick me up at verse nine. Now in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he listen, loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means, do you hear that intent? It was he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, which means that Christ willingly and lovingly served as our substitutionary atoning sacrifice, satisfying not only the wrath of God that was meant for rebellious, disobedient, and stiff-necked mankind, but it satisfied the debt payment that was needed to pay in a sense uh, the the redemption that was needed to pay for our redemption that was needed for a holy, righteous and just God to save, to be reconciled, excuse me, to be reconciled back to a holy, righteous and just God. Mankind was unable to satisfy the wrath, nor did we have enough in our spiritual bank accounts to be able to say, God, I can pay my debt that I owe you in full. 
could not do it, cannot do it. And upon receipt of his free gift of salvation, our, our bank accounts now receive an abundance and overflow of mercy. And we have been given this grace that is sufficient, that never runs out. And we have been given that debt when we were in the red. Now we are in the black. Our account has been paid in full. And he's the just and the justifier. So that means he was the just and holy one who can justify us in, certain, uh, in such a way by his sacrificial love for us, displayed for us on Calvary's cross because he paid our sin debt in full by doing everything necessary for our salvation. He did it in such a way it's as if we never sinned at all. So not only is Jesus the one who justifies, but he's also the one who satisfies he satisfied the wrath of God for us. He paid our debt in full for us, who for the joy that was set before him. His heart loved us unconditionally. His soul was full of love for us and longed for us to be with him and for us to be with him for all our days. And his mind was full of love for us that he decided to send his only begotten son to do for us what we were unwilling and incapable to do for ourselves. And for that joy of reconciling us back to God, the father, he endured the cross, despised the shame and is now seated. His coming. His living. His death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension and his Seating is all a part of the gospel narrative that he's now seated at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for us. So if we want proof, as Jerry Bridges says, if we want proof of God's love for us, then we must look at first at the cross where God offered up his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Calvary is the one objective, absolute, irrefutable proof of God's love for us. We also want to see this letter C. We're almost done because of his indwelling. First John 4, 13 through 14, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Why love? Because we've been created in his image. It's his image. Why love? Because it is his intent. It was his purpose to save us, to redeem us, to reconcile us back to God, the father, to a holy, righteous and just God. And then why do we love? Because he's given us his spirit to be able to do it. The indwelling of his spirit. He says, by this, we know we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. That's what we've been looking at, family. This all connects to what we've been looking at through Acts, seeing how the Holy Spirit gives us the power and the ability to be witness that his power not only came to dwell within us, but came to be upon us to give us the image ability, the image bearing ability to, to bear his love here in the earth, to, to fulfill his kingdom purpose, his kingdom, to have his mind, to have his will, to live out his intent, to seek and save the laws here in the earth. And he's given us his spirit to empower us, to be able to love. And lastly, because of his invitation, 
First John four verses 15 through 19. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God's a, God abides in him and he and God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Why do we love? Because he first loved us. And he's inviting us in these verses. He's inviting us to know, to believe and to abide forever in his love, to know, to believe, to abide forever in his love. But it starts right here with confession. Starts with confession. Romans 10 says, if we make this confession, that Jesus Christ, that God the Father sent his son to pay our sin debt in full and we believe it with our hearts, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, what we've been talking about this whole, but with with confession, we now walk in the salvation. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So it starts with confessing. So what do we need to confess in this moment to rid ourselves of anything that is blocking us from being perfected in the love of God? Did you see that in that verse? It says, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. If he is love and we need to be love as well, it's his image, it's his intent. And now he's given us the invitation. Come receive from me. Be perfected in my love. Is there anything that we need to confess? Because he says, listen, if we confess it in first John chapter one, he's faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and to forgive us of our sins. We need to confess so that we can know, believe and abide in his love that will perfect us moment by moment, day by day, year by year, should he tell So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna create an altar. We're gonna create an altar in this moment. And in this moment, that altar that's going to be created is a place for us to surrender, a place for us to, to, to be consecrated. And that's what an altar is. It's where we we sacrifice to the Lord. It's where we 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 enter into a place of consecration. Every human heart has an invisible altar where the war between flesh and the spirit rages. And when we surrender areas of our lives to the control of the Holy Spirit, we are in effect laying that area on the altar before God. We can surrender our lives to God on the altar of our hearts at any time. And so let us ask the Lord what areas of our lives is he requiring that we offer to him today and let us then symbolically lay them on the altar, let them go so we can love him completely and then be perfected in his love. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing one last song together. And so come to the altar. And in this moment, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make that decision to confess. If you're an unbeliever here, did you hear throughout this that God loves you in this is love? 
not that we loved him, but that he first loved us and gave his son as a propitiation for your sins to pay your sin debt in full, to, to justify you as if you never sinned, to take away that burden and to lead you into eternal, his eternal love and his eternal arms, which is nothing short of a blessing. He loves you. And all he's asking you is to believe on me, the Lord Jesus, that I've done everything necessary to redeem you, to reconcile you to make you new again for us as believers let's confess anything that we have been more satisfied in that we've had more allegiance to that we put more weight and dependence on let's let's lay these things on the altar let's become consecrated in his presence and say God I'm surrendering these things to you my heart my mind my might I'm giving these over to you Lord God so I can be perfected in your love I don't want anything to block your process of your perfecting love in my life so we're going, to take, we're going to sing this song. And in this moment, you're going to take the Lord's Supper after you do your business with God on the altar. And at any given point, I want you to take the bread as a symbol of his body in which he lived and loved unconditionally for us. And when he shed his precious blood, the cup representing his blood, which is the new covenant for us. When you think of that, when you reflect on the goodness of Jesus, you do that. Now, unbeliever, here's what I want you to do. I, I need to make sure this is clear. Unbeliever, here's what I want you to do. If you're not a believer, the bread and the cup are not for you. So you're not excluded from this holy moment. You get to make that decision and make that confession to say, Lord, I surrender all. I now receive you to be my Lord and Savior. I don't want to trust in anybody else or anything else. I know you to be the lover and the redeemer of my soul. And I surrender all in this moment. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Your act here is the act of confessing to make the decision to receive his gift of salvation. For my brothers and sisters of the faith, yes, we are receiving his good news and being refreshed and restored by it, but we're also releasing. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www. Dot rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as we begin the next message in our Love Movement series. Thank you.